Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! I'm your herd leader, John Wayne. And I'm your herd mom, Megan. And it actually hasn't been that long since our last main show, because uh, we were late last week, so just been a few days, but we're back, uh, and believe it or not, we still got news, but more importantly, we got a main show. Uh, we got a show to talk about. What are we talking about? Uh, uh, uh. Just kidding, I know what we're talking about, because <laughs> I have the script. Yes, you do. I, I do, too. <laughs> I was uh, trying to think of something funny. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> no, I can't. Um, I really can't. Today we're doing uh, sort of part two to our Women of the Galaxy episode. We didn't really intend for the first one to be a part one, but after afterwards we felt bad that we didn't get through as many as we thought we would, um, yeah. and as many characters, and so which should have been no surprise. We had a really long list last time, but... Um, so what we decided to do was to, since that was, uh, heroes, we would do villains. Um, and so here we are, we're doing part two, uh, of our Women of the Galaxy series, uh, and surprisingly we're even going to have a part three. Yeah, um, yeah we are. But that's just because there's so many, uh, great female characters of Star Wars to talk about, uh, and as you'll see today, we can talk about them for quite a while. Oh yeah, so, we can. Huh? I said, oh yeah, we can. Yeah. So, uh, if you haven't, you should definitely, I mean, you, there's nothing in the last episode that is pertinent to enjoying this episode, but after this episode, if you haven't, uh, listened to our, uh, Heroes edition of Women of the Galaxy, then go do that, uh, and then after the first of the year, you can look forward to our Rogue edition, we're gonna do the yeah. sort of in-between characters, uh, they don't really have a specific side, they're just kinda... Neutral. Well, yeah... Neutral and or uh, just yeah. whoever pays me more. <laughs> well, you got lawful neutral and you got chaotic neutral. Yes. And then there's true neutral. Yes, sure. Which there aren't very that many stuff. true neutral characters in reality. I don't think there's anything as neutral. I don't think there's such a thing as neutral. Wow. Hot takes? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I'm one of those that I believe that being neutral is just a third side. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, kind of like what we talked about with the Lerman in the Clone Wars episode was, uh, well, we didn't talk about that, as my view of that, but, but, you know, the whole idea of, you know, being neutral is in and of itself a side. You're not necessarily picking side A or side B, but you are picking yeah. a side. Well, it's the side of self-interest, I think. Well, I mean... Neutral can ha neutrals become sign of uh, kind of synonymous with the idea of sort of uh, almost humanitarian in the sense of you know uh, we don't play party to each side we're just here to help those who are affected by the war and everything like that yeah. but then you are on a side you're on the side of the people uh, you know I I don't know it's just one of those things like what ne what neutral means I don't think it is can truly, truly, truly ever yeah. exist. I think there's just people who decide not to jo not to join 
a side, but you. that in and of itself is picking a side. Like even DJ, by him not picking Resistance or First Order or Republic in First Order, he's creating his own side. Mm -hmm. You know, he's creating the side of I'm just going to be a criminal and do what I want. What's the show about? <laughs> uh, Women of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, Villains Edition. Hashtag the, DJ. The, the, the non-neutrals. Non-neutral uh, Women of the Galaxy. <laughs> so we're yeah. going to have some fun talking about that. Um, uh, we only have four on our list. Last time we, I think, got five done. Yeah. Um, and we, with, we, we started talking. With <laughs> as much as we're going to talk about with these characters, um, you know, counting in the rambly bits, we'll, I think we'll be able to get done well with these four. Um, I think if we ever do decide to focus, do this kind of focus on any more characters, I don't know that we'll do a full show about it. We may do a blog form of it or something yeah. smaller, Not probably not a full episode. Uh, the Rogues Edition will probably be our last episode of the kind of Women of the Galaxy uh, focus thing. So, uh, and that's just because, I mean, we could... We could spend forever doing Women of the Galaxy episodes. Yes, we I mean, could. And um, we will, someday. And, and the like. But, you know, there's other cool, great things to talk about in Star Wars, but uh, it's definitely great to be able to dedicate a few shows to uh, what is a great book, but also just a great topic. Um, yeah. You know, it's a good thing that we can have so much to talk about with these characters. Yeah, and if we don't mention someone that you think is a fantastic, you know, female villain or your favorite... Tweet at us. Yeah, talk let us, us let us know your favorite. Some of you guys did let us know, and we're actually going to talk about a couple of those. Um, but if if anyone else comes across your mind as you're uh, doing this, then you can just yell at us on Twitter for not including it. And then we'll yell at you for Being mean. yelling at us. Don't you know? yell at me, I'm gentle. Tit for tat there. Anyway, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, also, between our data dump into our main show we will have another song from our friend Ben Knight um, a couple weeks ago we included a song in our episode as kind of a promo and we're doing that again this week uh, and so that's because in a couple of weeks he's going to be joining us and we're going to kind of sit down and talk and uh, have some good conversations and whatnot. so uh, hopefully you enjoyed that and if you do then you can go support him and check out his other things wherever you get your music and whatnots. Um, but yeah otherwise just you know, enjoy that music and then enjoy uh, Ben when he comes on in a few weeks. I get my whatnots at the whatnot store. Yep. It's a haberdashery. Uh, Got to go to a different store for the who's-its, though. Yep. Uh, but anyway, before all that, we got to get to the news. I believe you can get who's-its and what's-its in Ariel's Grotto. News! Yes. News! Yes. We're going to dump some data on y'all. Get dumped on. <laughs> get dumped. <laughs> don't know um so let's get started as we always do with gaming news yeet john stop the presses they weren't pressing <laughs> let's start them and then stop them okay thank you um so geonosis is out now and you can purchase obi-wan kenobi and the 212 clone battalion skins just the skin. Just the skin. <laughs> Nothing just in it. The Necronomicon <laughs> needs a new binding, so let's yeah. just get the skins. Um, yep. So by the time you're uh, you guys are listening to this, uh, Geonosis is out. But don't stop this and go play it. Listen to this first, please. 
We're more important. Dang we need it. the money. Uh, <laughs> we uh, get money, but we need but it. If you are a gamer, you should definitely go be playing that. Um, we, I will probably be on this weekend. Yeah. Because uh, that's probably going to be the first time I'm going to have enough time to do so. But uh, yeah. I have seen the footage. I am very excited uh, to get into it myself. It looks very great. Uh, Obi-Wan looks great. Debt general, uh, just all Yes, I can't wait for next month for that one. I'm not going to... I'm going to... I'm confused as to whether the robed appearance is the one we're getting now, and then we're getting the non-robed uh, later. Um, mm -hmm. Because most of the gameplay footage I saw had him with his robe. So I believe what we're getting uh, initially is him with his robe, which seems a little odd, but yeah. eh, we'll take it. Um, yeah, also... That tweet that was on our Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah, you did that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was like, people are going to think that was me. <laughs> I would have the same reaction, but no, that was John. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the general uh, one looks good. Once that comes out, I, that's all I'm going to use. Um, Hello there. It does, it, I am excited because we're more than likely getting that with Anakin as well. Yeah. And that's going to be awesome to see Hayden Christensen's appearance with the Clone Wars look. Yeah. I know uh, technically we got that on the Thrawn Alliance cover, but I didn't think that image looked that good. Uh, I got chewed out by someone for mentioning that. but Wow. Uh, well, because they were a big Hayden fan. And I'm not saying I'm not. I love Hayden. But the it just didn't blend well. It looked like a picture of Hayden... Um, it's, it looked like one of those bad photoshops that you see on, like, YouTube videos or on Pinterest or something where it's like, yeah. it's just Hayden's head on the actual cartoon clone body. It's not, there's <laughs> nothing done to kind of blend it in. And, yeah. And that's how it felt on the, the cover art. And I, I know someone worked very hard on that, and Thrawn looked great. I just didn't think that Anakin, Anakin quite worked. Anakin, Yes. My words jumbled. I have I have word dyslexia sometimes, um, but yeah, I, I I look forward to getting a good and proper look at a a, re, a realized uh, Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars armor. That'll be really cool. Yeah. Um, also, fun game. While listening to the Nerd Herder podcast, which of what guess guess which of us has the actual speech impediment? Right. <laughs> It's both. It's both. <laughs> um, so now that we got that out of the way, Thurston after Obi-Wan Kenobi, that will never end. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, other than that, I mean, like I said, I haven't had it. Um, it's Tuesday I, so, when we're <laughs> recording this. So. It is Tuesday, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I obviously do not have a chance to play it to give you any other content, uh, just that it's out and you should be playing it and it's awesome. Today is That's all we got. I don't remember which food. Um, comic news. Out this week, Darth Vader number 24. It is the next to last issue of the series. Sad times. Sad. Sad. Sad times. But we were talking about earlier on the in a car ride, um, you know, knowing when to end things uh, yeah. at the right point. And I think for what this series set out to do, they've done it so they're... Um, hanging it up, which is fine, because, I mean, this makes two great uh, Darth Vader series that yeah. we've gotten, uh, both from Karen Gillian and Charles Soule, so, and we were 
we were going to get another Vader comic series, but I know I, as much as I love, and I know people that love uh, this series of Vader comics, yeah. I know a lot of people that are ready for other characters to get the limelight, and I get that. Um, I, I, for one, have appreciated all that we've gotten to fill in of Vader, because, I mean, number one, I've loved every page of it, every panel, everything. Um, yeah. And and it's just, I feel like it, it adds to uh, the mythos of the character. And in some ways, it even further muddies the waters of, is there a, is there a separation of Vader and Anakin? And I know some people think yes, some people think don't. But, you know, the comics don't do anything to clear that up, and I think that's great. I think it should always be an enigma, it, you know, of where does Anakin, quote-unquote, end and Vader begin and all kinds of great stuff. So I, yeah. I, I've enjoyed it for sure, but I, I, can, I can be okay if we take a break from Vader for a while because we're also getting the Star Wars main run where Vader shows up, so mm-hmm. it, it can be a little overpowering. A little powder. Um I am still kind of sad about the the Shadow of Vader series because yeah that that looked really cool. It wasn't going to be from the sound of it as directly Vader. It was mostly of hey did I tell you about that one time I met Darth Vader? Yeah. And it was going to be some interesting story, but it didn't. It wasn't the f- meeting Vader was the focus, not Vader himself. So you're not exploring the character or anything. You're just you know getting an emphasis of what it would be like to encounter him, um, and, and so so forth. But which maybe we could get we could have gotten another like story like the one about when Vader goes and he kills a bunch of sand people and then they worship him as a god. Yeah, that was really that cool. That was rad. <laughs> um yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh yeah. you know, but I'm I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh a lot of people expect, well, there's got to be a next Vader thing and I mean, I guess there doesn't have to be, you know. Yeah. Um you know, especially it, you run the risk of running out of stories to tell completely. Like, you know, if you fill in every day of his life as Vader, you know, what what left what's left, um, you know, so, I mean, there should be some... Uh, I don't want to say that, oh, knowing everything ruins the character. Like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't believe in that. Yeah. But I do think that you want to extend its lifetime as much as you can. You don't want to tell all your stories at once just because you can. Uh, and you want to save room in case you're telling another story that could lead into that, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be like, oh, I have this great idea, but I can't do it because of Darth Vader number 79 that did this one thing. You know, but, you know, that's more for artists to worry about and the story group uh, to worry about and whatnot. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, uh, yes, it's coming out, and it's been building up very well. If you haven't been reading it, I really recommend uh, speed reading it. Comicsology or something where you can get it for like one ninety nine. Yeah, it's great. And great you series. should, because after it ends, we're gonna be doing a review of its arcs yep. on Patreon. Yep, we're gonna. Um, it's one of my favorites, so uh, my thought was that we would just take uh, each arc, and I have, I don't know that yet. Um, if we can figure out our video editing software, then we Someday. will probably do a video of it, um, or it may just be, uh, in podcast form, um, but not in a, like, a full episode. It would just be maybe, like, a ten-minute episode each time to just kind of talk about a few of the comics and what goes on and everything. Yeah. Um, because I think, especially in Charles Soule's, 
there's a lot of um, deep stuff uh, that can be dove into, um, and depending on how all that goes, we may go back to the Karen Gillan one. Dope. Which, fun fact, I got uh, the complete edition for Christmas last year, so this Christmas will be a year um, since I first read the Darth Vader comics. And what will I get you for Christmas this year? More comics. Probably. They're easy to shop for. Mm-hmm. Um, so look out for that on Patreon. Uh, in book news, this week is the latest addition to the Millennium Falcon's owner's manual. Uh, it was released with new details from Solo. Yeah. It looks really cool. Um, the, there's been quite a few uh, additions to this. Um, this one mentions, obviously, like, the modifications that uh, Lando's made, but one of the coolest things about it is the section where it shows the different modifications you can make. Yeah. Um, which is really cool to think of the ship as modular, which is basically what they emphasize is, well, how could Lando make it look like that? Well, be because that ship is meant to be tailored to the pilot uh, and for particular functions. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, it, it's it's gone from theory to fact, uh, and is just really cool. So it shows you a lot of the cool different configurations uh, that the Falcon uh, could have taken, uh, or that just any YT-1300 could take. Yeah. Nerd stuff. Nerd stuff. Um, it's a great book for ship nerds, or anyone who wants to know more about it. Uh, there's also a, re a version for young readers called the Millennium Falcon 3D Owner's Manual that also has a tie-in in the Flight of the Falcon series of comic books. Yeah, so this one I didn't pick up uh, yet. I don't know if I will. I'm not going to get it for the full price, probably. I feel bad for saying that, but yeah. I just... The novelty of it doesn't sell it for me. Because basically what it is when it says 3D, basically each page is a section of the Falcon, and so you can peel it back a little bit each time. And I think that it's just going to reveal reveal details of the Falcon's adventures because that's what yeah. the whole point of the Flight to the Falcon series is is to say well you know where's the Falcon where's it been who's seen it what's it gone through yeah all that stuff because they're kind of tracking Han Solo and, so, and such so hot take yeah perhaps we can sneak into an elementary school book fair <laughs> and get it there or we could get it for one of our Sunday school kids and read it before we give it to them <laughs> accurate we could do that that is an option. That's the best thing about yeah, like, like, having young readers. Yeah, I don't feel bad for saying we re-gift our young reader books. Like, we, we've gotten a few of them and re-gifted them. Um, one of the only ones we kept was the uh, Chewbacca and the Forest of Fear one. Um, and we kept that because it was a good book, but also because we intended to have it signed. It's signed, so we're keeping that one. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, uh, the Lando Choose Your Own Adventure, I think it was. Um, yes. No, it... I, was it a Choose Your Own Adventure? Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, well, Lando's Luck, we uh, re-gifted. Um, I intended to actually re-gift the Be More Vader, Be More Yodas, but I actually loved those books more <laughs> than I thought I would. You just get them an extra copy. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. That's the best thing about having youths in our lives. Mm -hmm. We can just give them to them. Oh, we have plenty of nerds to, to re-gift to. Oh, yeah. Um, and out on the 28th, of this month is the solo Star Wars story, Ultimate Guide, which features, features loads of behind-the-scenes notes and interviews and lore. Yeah, uh, I had no idea this was coming out until 
a few days ago. I follow a uh, page on Facebook called Upcoming Star Wars Books and Comics. Uh, and it's thanks to them that I catch stuff like this. Because, I, I mean, I don't know how long ago or, or how it was announced. I just completely missed this one. Yeah. Um, I don't really plan on getting it just because we have so much extra content with the uh, the Blu-ray, the solo Blu-ray stuff. Yeah. So I don't, I'm going to wait and see how much it really adds to it. But... If you're a big fan of Solo, um, you know, and you just live for that kind of nerd content, then, I mean, it'll be a really good uh, release purchase for you. But for me, I'd rather wait until I know if it's good. Because I've rambled about, you know, the number of additions to visual guides and reference books and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, they keep saying it's the complete one, but it's only complete for now. And, yeah. You know, so I'm one that I like to wait until I'm sure that, that's everything we're going to get, or, yeah. you know, uh, that it, it doesn't repeat information I already have in another book. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm nitpicky that way. Yeah, we haven't bought a visual dictionary in a long time. I bought the one, we've bought uh, the, the, I think, well, it's a visual guide. We got the one for Solo and Rogue One and such, but those are just for those films. That's why I get it. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't gotten like a full, yeah. full, com complete, ultimate, all <laughs> of them for now edition. For the next seven months. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now I will say the the visual the complete visual dictionary that we just got is probably going to be the m complete one for the longest, just because we don't have a Chris uh, we don't have a uh, movie this year. Yeah. Uh, but once episode nine comes out, it's not complete anymore. Yeah. So, that's the one difficult thing about how much Star Wars content we're getting. Uh, the reference books and guides are going, you know, are expiring much quicker because it's like, yep. You know, all right. So for, you know, we've had uh, four movies from Disney released each year. Um, and then we've had, you know, we're getting, uh, three new shows, Clone Wars, The Mandalorian, and the Cassian Andor show, and then Episode Nine, and then stuff coming out with the park, like, so much stuff's happening that it's like, there's no point in, in getting these books for right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I feel like that sometimes. I'm probably still gonna get some books, but I'm not gonna get, like, any super huge expensive ones, just cause... Yeah. Three months from now, who knows what's going to change? Yeah, I just, I just don't got that kind of shelf space, dog. <laughs> we will soon. Eventually, buying all of the shelves. IKEA, bow to me. I am your new master. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's about it for news. Um, news flash up top. If I sound sick, that's because I am. You're so. not sick. I'm not sick. Sick. I'm like my nose you're, you're... is draining at an alarming rate. Yeah. And I can't hear. Yeah, your your sinuses are doing what sinuses are known to do. Which is... Be butts. Be butts. And clog. And yeah. be... That made your nose. Yeah. Tis the season and whatnot. Yeah. If I could just attach a faucet to my forehead and crank it, and all everything would come out, that would be fantastic. <laughs> it, I imagine it'd be like... This might be gross if you've never been in band. You know, like, when you open a spit valve yep. to a trumpet, and, and you just shake spit. it? It's disgusting. Oh my God! Flute flutes are the worst. It's a, it 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 does its job. It does its job. It's disgusting though. It's spit. It's spit. It happens. Spit happens, man. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
so anyway, anyway, uh, on to some tunes and then on to the main show. But one thing I know is this You got your fandom, I got mine Maybe we can coexist, please Amy Radcliffe and her book, Women of the Galaxy. 
Uh, she took the lead on a book that is so essential to the fandom and with so many amazing artists. She gave us a wonderful book that I hope all of you own. And if you don't, get in your car. Well, not right now. Finish on. the podcast first. John, Bluetooth. Bluetooth. <laughs> Keep us on Bluetooth. Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Turn, turn the car. Turn it on. Okay, Lucy. <laughs> okay, Lucy. Go to Barnes and Noble and buy buy a book. Yes. Or go go on your your iPhone or your iPad. Go to Audible. <laughs> it's not Bucket Little Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I I do believe there is an ebook version, yeah. but there's not like an Apple Books version. I tried to find that uh-huh. before. Get so your ebook. I think you have to get it a specific way. Either that might have to be on the Nook. Um, yeah. Or on the Amazon Fire, whatever they call that Amazon um, tablet. Um, the Amazon costs too much. Pro. I don't know. Uh, either way, I know there is an ebook version, but um, having the physical edition is very good. It's a great coffee table book. Oh yeah. It's good to just have around and be, you know, when you have guests that are bored or yeah, or just you know waiting on their tea because uh, <laughs> you're a slow hostess. Uh, just hey. let them read the book. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't make the tea. I just serve it. Well, you intentionally take time so that they'll pillage through your books and, and become a fan. <laughs> don't pillage through my books, please. <laughs> books uh, books deserve respect. And if you don't have a Barnes & Noble in your town... Actually, I'm sorry. You know pillage what? respectfully. <laughs> yes, pillage respectfully. Go to your local bookstore. Support small businesses. It's a I bad did. economy out there. Support! Ow. Uh, I don't mean to get on a, a note, but don't even small small businesses. the The difficult thing is, I'd love to support certain small businesses, and it, like we have a a great little bookshop. Uh, book oh my gosh, <laughs> a bookshop uh, here downtown yeah. that I can't get my Star Wars books from. I get you. You know, but um, if they do have it, that you. Know, but that that's my point. Is it's where able, please support your local businesses. Yeah, but. You know, there is a difficult thing, and I think the best thing we can do for our local businesses yeah. is start conversations with them of, hey, you know, I like these books, you know, is there a way I can help you in getting these? Sometimes it's a yeah. matter of helping give uh, volume to the voice of the small businesses and saying, hey, you should send these books to our small business so that I can support them. Hey, send us some Sturbus books. <laughs> Um, so my, my point is if you can't find these books at your local stores, get them from books a million, but, uh, I think they went out of business. No, some, there's one in Atlanta. There is, uh, get, get it from where you can get it. But if you can't find it at your local businesses, then start a dialogue on how you can help your local business grow their library to fit you. I mean, the local business is there for you. Get your books from the shop around the corner. Don't get it from Fox Books. Fox Books? That's a... a, You've got mail reference. Oh, okay. (laughs) Tom Hanks. Meg Ryan. Is that that the magic mailbox one? No. No. Okay, never mind. I don't like uh, romantic comedies, but that's my favorite. Moving on! Moving on! So, much like last time, we are just going to run down some characters. And in this case, we are going to talk about... The lady villains. The yeah. femme fatales. Uh, I don't think femme fatales is, is appropriate. I don't know. I, I don't really know what that word means. I just used it. I've always kind of thought of it in the L.A. <laughs> noir sense of, like, you're just, you're the lady. 
Yeah. Who's like you. really shady, smokes in people's offices, and is kind of sexy, but like that's it. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn like, that way. <laughs> no, well, yes. So that's a femme fatale. Yeah. Or like, um, oh my gosh, what's her name from the Blue Bloods episode? The one, uh, the Cheeks uh, Monsoon. Yes, oh. that's a femme fatale. She's not a bad guy. She's just sexy and there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh. uh, so Cheeks yeah. Monsoon. I love. This. Anyway, but. Uh, I mean, they can be femme fatales, but they're also fatal fatales. That might... What? <laughs> that might be the meaning of the word. I they don't also know. need towels. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't funny or a joke. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. My brain was like, oh, that sounds like towels. <laughs> it's like when you get like a joke in your brain, but you don't have the lead up to the punchline. So you just say the punchline. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be talking about the villains who are ladies um, and talk about the characters, the actors, the influence, and our own stories of what these characters mean to us. Pardon? <coughs> Some details will be from the book or other reference material, and some will come straight from our brains. Our squishy brains. Our squishy, squishy brains. It's a big medley of awesome stuff today, so just as an FYI, we will be staying focused on canon in this episode, for this particular episode. So sadly, no Darth Zara, or Darth Treya, or Shea Vizsla, but if you want a Legends edition of Women of the Galaxy, let us know! Yeah, I mean... I want to talk about Mara Jade, John. <laughs> well, there you go, and, and Jaina Solo. So, we started with saying this will... The Rogues edition will probably be the last, but... Yeah. Eh, we could we could maybe fit another one in there. <laughs> Women of the Galaxy forever. Right. Yay. <laughs> we'll just every month comes around and we just got a new episode. Surprise. Yeah. Um. So. This might be a tad long of an episode, but don't feel intimidated or pressured to finish it in one sitting. I mean, we just had like five minute conversation about small businesses versus large businesses. Before. Yeah. <laughs> um. But we do want to try and get through our list today, and we will try to keep the rambling short. We have already failed. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty. We include uh, timestamps on all of our major episodes, so that way you can uh, break it up into sections if you need to and, and whatnot. And, and that's all because of Rebecca and her wonderful suggestion. Um, yeah. Because Rebecca's a busy lady. And, she is and such she's a got busy lady. stuff to do, so, and we she can't be bogged down by our rabbit trails and, and She's whatnot. got parrots outside her house to shake a broom at. Huh? <laughs> Did you not see that Facebook, or that Twitter post? Uh, a flock of wild parrots flew over her house. Oh, that was her? I thought that yeah. was like I, I thought you were mentioning that from like news news. No. Well, oh. I get my news straight from Rebecca. Uh, clearly. She's my source. There you go. She's a woman with a notepad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you're not official unless you've got a notepad, guys. <laughs> Rebecca, I will buy you a notepad for Christmas. All of our ladies in this list have notepads. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> to the, write down their kills. They're the real deal, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, the first lady that we are talking about. Wow. There's a lot of notes on her. I had a lot to say. You do have a lot to say. We had a lot to we say. We have a lot to say about her. Giraffe Neck herself, Asajj Ventress. Uh, Lore, her father was a hamster and her mother was a giraffe. <laughs> no. Not accurate at <laughs> Not all. Not accurate. 
Ventress is one of the first. No, I think her her father was a giraffe and her mother was maybe like a badger. They're very angry. <laughs> or a raccoon. Or a raccoon. She's got the stripes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's canon. <laughs> um, Ventress is one of the first women I think of when I think of the female villains of Star Wars. Um, I mean, she's pretty essential. Mm-hmm. She's quite the bald baddie when we meet her, whether you're introduced to her through the 2003 series, the Clone Wars comics, or, more likely, the 2008 Clone Wars. Either way, she's the evil lackey of Count Dooku, who is a constant thorn in our hero's side. At first, when we start to explore her backstory and her future, we see more of a victim than a villain. Um, she did some bad things, but when we understand her past more, we can put some context into why she would do or could do these things. Uh, we talked about in our first episode of Clone Wars Rewatch about the flashback. Sun- flashback. We were we were like little kids with a microphone. <laughs> How much we've grown in six months? Very little. Yeah, not a lot. I'm still quite rambling. Yeah. We'll get there, guys. You will get there someday. Um. We talked about her in our first episode of the Clone Wars Rewatched about the similarity between her and her Legends background and her canon background. But this episode is all about canon. We're going to put you into one and shoot you into the Star Wars future. Uh, Ventress was given up by her sister family to a pirate who is later killed and leaves baby Ventress as an orphan until Jedi Master Kynarek finds, raises, and trains her. Wow. What? She got sold to a pirate. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> you knew that. You forgot that. I knew that. I forgot it. Yeah. Um. Well, wow. um, there, yeah. Uh, She's kind of like St. Patrick. It's slightly different between both, um, but the, the general idea is that, yeah, she came into the hands of pirates, and then uh, that led her to Kyneric. Wow. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I be raised by pirates? Uh, because pirates don't do anything. <laughs> they just stay at home and lie around. They ain't got no belly button. Oh boy. This is, we're getting deep. <laughs> <This> <laughs> you get all of those references if you've grown up in Sunday school. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but when Kyneric is killed, it's the final straw for her. She mercilessly sought revenge against not only those who killed her master, but about just about anyone who stood in her way anyone who came into contact with her for a little while. She's a very she's very trigger happy. Mm-hmm. Um eventually this is what led Dooku to her. Uh her path of vengeance and hate had driven her deep into the ways of the dark side. And this was only attractive to the Sith, so as long as it was useful and controllable. Ventress had a spotty record of success as a bad, a bad ghoul in the Separatist ranks, but she was clearly very strong, strong enough to be deemed a threat, and she was cast aside and returned to the only place she thought that she could go back to, the Night Sisters, mm-hmm. who I don't know about yet. Nah, you'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. Um, that didn't last long, unfortunately. In her pursuit of revenge, she led... Dooku back to her sisters and paid the price for it. Uh, the rest of her journey is. It was a mystery. about tree fitty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need about tree fitty. 
Um, the rest of her journey is a mystery to me for now. Yeah, because that's as far as I would let you get. I know nothing. Um, but Ventress makes a turn to the light in the end. What? Slightly. Slight, okay. Uh, enough that we finally get to see her briefly free from the pursuit of revenge and hate. Uh, through the rest of the Clone Wars and into the novel Dark Discipl- Disciple. Dark I, Discipline. Dark Discipline. <laughs> the, the new mini-novel of the, the Grey series. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> it took a second. <laughs> Get out of my house! Get out of my house. We don't speak that name in this house. Oh, go, goodness. Go to Sherwood Williams I and get help myself. a much cleaner color like mauve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. It's driven me to mauve. Dark Disciple. Dark Disciple. The, uh, the autobiography of Judas. <laughs> I'm just full of them today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You should probably go take care of that. <laughs> just go in the closet, please. For about 30 more minutes. Tell my jokes to the broom. Exactly. It looks like Ventress. I can draw oh. some stripes on her. Um... Which John tells me is absolutely amazing. The book, not the jokes. Ventress grows well beyond just a hairless harpy and a Sith lackey to become a truly inspiring character in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. So you can really... Uh, it, well, I think Ventress is the only one on here this applies to. I think, I think Ventress is the only one where, like, I went in behind you and added in things you don't have knowledge of um, just just because you haven't gotten there yet Uh, because you can like as you listen you can really tell sometimes when uh, we're working off of our script and uh, when I've inserted things without Megan knowing so that uh, I don't spoil anything necessarily and whatnot what it sounds like someone's dragging around a body upstairs probably (laughs) we live in an apartment building and we live on the bottom floor so we hear everything. We hear everything. <laughs> Hopefully you guys can't hear it, but it's just making me laugh. But uh, yeah, so eventually um, I'm gonna make you read the the book Dark Disciple uh, only after certain episodes of the Clone Wars, so that you get the full story. And trust me, you will get emotional for Ventress. I promise you by the end. I'll believe it when I see it. Yep, she makes a real big turn. I think the only time I got like a little flutter flutter is when you told me in the 2003 clone series the lightsabers that Ventress uses is, you know, her masters. The nope. Jedi men. Oh, no. well, yes, 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 yes. yes. Uh, the, the lightsaber lightsaber she uses. Yeah. Yes. But then Dooku destroys yeah. them. I mean, if anything, it's kind of a symbolism of how the Sith destroyed the last good thing she had left before she became a part of the Sith. What a jerk. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of the, that was the last uh, piece of her past self, her pre-dark side self that she had, and so now that's gone. Hmm. Um, So, some behind the scenes uh, is that Ventress' uh, great portrayal uh, comes from Nika Futterman uh, in the 2008 series. Um, She gets to uh, play the character much more, um, and so, of course, she gets much more development and time. Uh, to really go through those uh, ups and downs with Ventress, something she does very, very, very well uh, as an actress. Because, 
I mean, she does evil Ventress very, very well, as you see in the early seasons. Um, but then, as Ventress's story begins to change, um, as, as her environments start to change, uh, the performance changes with her very well, um, and, and comes across as, uh, real. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't feel like, um, it's played by a whole different person because things have changed. It feels like it's played by someone who's changing as well, yeah. if that kind of makes sense, you know, um. Yeah, it's kind of like how, uh, Dale Cooper, his character changes over the, uh, the entirety of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I mean... I hate that that's the only, like, reference points I've been making. <laughs> but it's just because I've been watching it so much lately. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very similar to how he goes from very rigid FBI agent to just one of the, um, one of the guys. And, and, and so, with Ventress, it's, it's similar in the sense of going just from the evil, you know, bad guy... Which I think is what we all expected her to be, uh, moving on to a much deeper and richer character. And, you know, certainly it takes skill to portray that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, going into her backstory a little bit, it definitely, like, I'm a firm believer that the past isn't an excuse for mm -hmm. the present. It's an explanation. Right. And her past does not necessarily excuse what she's doing, but you understand. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's all, you know, understanding is not con uh, condoning. You know, yeah. understanding uh, why she would do things is not condoning them. It's understanding how yeah. someone could do the thing she does. And it's the same thing in life, you know. Under understand people does not mean condone what people are doing, yeah. you know. Um, but it's, a, it's about a lot of, a, a big part of it is a lot of respect. Um, yeah. It, it goes a long way when you just simply try to understand and empathize uh, and put yourself in the place of someone so that you're not you're not judgmental of how could they do this because, oh, well, if I was in that situation, I might do the same thing. Yeah, and um, at the end of the day, it just makes us better people. Yeah, to, to humble ourselves, it, it really um, doesn't make us better in the elevated sense. It makes us... Uh, it makes us mature. Yes, that's uh, what I Oh, no, I knew what you meant. I was just clarifying. Um, but, yeah, uh, so, I mean, Ventress is a great example of that, that they do so well. It doesn't feel like they're creating a wah-wah story for her. It feels like, you know, it, it makes sense. I can, if I was in that situation, I would have done the same thing, and I probably would have ended up in the same place. Yeah. Um, you know, and... And, bad boy. and so, that's the... It, that's the great thing of Ventress is that you begin to understand how she could choose a path like this yeah. uh, and whatnot. And that, and that's what I love about Star Wars is adding those layers into it. It's got layers like an onion. Like an onion or onion a cake. Ogre. Uh, so uh, a, a really nice quote from uh, Ventress. Uh, we'll cut... I tried to include um, some quotes from each of the characters in this. I think I only got two of them. Mm. Um, but uh, a quote for, for Ventress is, You always have a choice to be better. You always have a choice to pick the right path, even if that choice comes a little late. Um, if Star Wars has taught me anything, it's that there are bad people. Like They're, they're really bad, bad people, like the Emperor. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just bad guys. Uh, but then there are people who are bad because of bad done to them. 
uh, and there's no excuse for evil, but sometimes there can be context and understanding. And in the best cases, there can be repentance and redemption. Vader is the best case, I think. You know, he's uh, the poster boy of redemption in the Star Wars story. But Ventress has a great example as well. Her story is repeatedly tragic, and throughout you make the change from wanting her to get her comeuppance to wanting her to just be happy. Yeah. Um, or maybe you don't, but that's, <laughs> you know, uh, certainly we kind of represent both sides just because you haven't journeyed that fully um, yet, but I, again, I think the book is, is where it, that, that coin switches, and I know for me and for a lot of people, um, she became a very sympathetic and uh, favorite character because of that story. Yeah, kind of like Azula in, uh, what's it called? Oh, Avatar. Avatar. Yes. Yeah, that whole yeah. end scene where she's like screaming when she's chained up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she, I mean, and that's just because that family's messed up. Yeah. Mark and so you really, you really feel bad. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah. And, and it's a great example of, you know, Azula is bad because of bad done to her, whereas her father is just bad. Now, arguably, everyone is only ever bad because of bad done to them, but from a story standpoint, you know, yeah. the argument of, could the emperor have been redeemed? No, because the story would have never allowed it. That was not his story. Uh, but there are characters that can be redeemed. There are characters that are redeemed, and, and Ventress is one of those. Uh, Ventress's story is a testament to how we can view the villains of life um, this won't be the only time in today's episode that we discuss redemption, but in Ventress's case, she's saved from a path that I don't think she knew was going to be so alluring and restraining when she chose it. She yeah. chose the path as a means of revenge in hopes that it would free her from her pain or make things better again, but instead, it leads to more pain. And so she did more bad things, hoping that eventually the mountain of bodies and bad deeds that she had created would lift her high enough that she would no longer feel her pain, but instead, all it did was trap her in a cycle until she was knocked off of her mountain and then she could finally pursue a healthier lifestyle. And she didn't necessarily become a Girl Scout or anything, but she definitely distanced herself enough from the Sith until she was far enough away to see something else. Sometimes you have to distance yourself from an evil so that you can see the good. Yeah. And certainly in her case, she finally found something that she could hope in again or someone no. John. What? Don't tell me. <laughs> what? You know how much I hate, like, senseless romance plots. It's not senseless. It, they're, Wait they're, a minute. What? What? Wait a minute. It's not Obi-Wan. Oh, <laughs> no. That's like the only one I would have been okay with. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so Ventress, by the end of it... Um, has received a greater story than I think any of us ever would have imagined. Uh, we only explored her story and, and, and history because of Lucas's demand. Like, he insisted that we... Di I say we like we were there. He insisted <laughs> that Star Wars tell her story. And yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful that uh, that happened. I'm thankful for the stories we get from her. I'm thankful, you know, even for the tough times she gave our heroes, because even in those moments... There, there's lessons to be learned. Yeah. Um, but at, from her life as a whole, um, there's certainly a, a great lesson. Uh, you know, like the quote from her, you know, there, it, you're never too late yeah. to find the right uh, path and make the right choice. Um, and I think sometimes that's something important to hear because I think she had to realize that 
it's not too late. Yeah. She always prob. I mean, as much like Vader, he always said, you know, it's too late for me. You know, you don't know the power of the dark side. There, there, there's no, there's no hope. There's no chance that it would make any difference if I did anything now. All that I've done, I couldn't make it any better. Um, yeah. In Vader's case, he was. His choice was, you know, inspired by his son, and and Ventress's choice is inspired by her loss. Eventually, she loses so much that she just gives up on giving the dark side anything else. Um, and, and so it's at that point she's finally able to see something else. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's an important thing. Sometimes we're so close to the crap we can't see anything else. Mm. Um, you know, kind of have to back up a little bit and see something, you know, see, all right, there is something on the other side. There is something else going on. You know, there is yeah. uh, not all bad stuff. I mean, that, that's no cliche. When you're at rock bottom, the only place to look is up. It's very true. I mean, you could also look around and look down, but all you're going to see is a bunch of dirt. Yeah. So and, look up. And rocks. Um, so, anything else on Ventress? How do you feel uh, about Ventress as a character? I, I really, she's one of my favorite villains of uh, Star Wars. Um, she's a great character, and I love her story, and most of that fervor came from reading that book. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't preach that book enough, but if you haven't read Dark Disciple, I really recommend it. Christy Golden is an amazing Star Wars author, and um, it's really worth your read. And, and certainly, one of our plans is, if we have the time before Season 7 of The Clone Wars comes out, is we're going to talk about the Dark Disciple book, we're going to talk about the Son of Dathomir comics, we're going to talk about those stories that were meant to be Clone Wars episodes that were told in another form um, yeah. and, and such. So uh, certainly it'd be a fun time to journey through that together when we get to that point. But basically after, after we get to a certain point in the episodes, I'm going to unlock the book and you can read it. <laughs> but right now it would, <laughs> it would spoil too much for you to read it. Nice. So it's got to get it just the right time. Well, the next lovely lady that we're going to talk about is Iden Versio. Yeah. I said that right, right? Yep. Good. Um, we told you Ventress wouldn't be the only one to involve a story of redemption. Iden is a very different case, though. Uh, Ventress chose her path out of tragedy. Iden was an elite member of the Empire and loved it. Uh, she regarded the Empire and the Emperor... With the greatest respect, uh, she was raised from birth or at a young age on the planet Vardos, and Vardos, as far as we know, is only ever knew the Empire. Aiden mm -hmm. um, was also the daughter of a decorated Imperial Admiral and an Imperial Propaganda Artist, which, they had some good propaganda art. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can thank Aiden's mom for some of that. Oh, thanks mom. Uh, because of this, it's not hard to imagine how she and many other inhabitants of Vardos could so firmly believe in the Empire, and that they were the good guys, being threatened by a rebel terrorist. Aiden uh, built herself a great reputation in the Empire for many years, and gave everything she had to it. That's why, after the destruction of the second Death Star, she would be shaken to her core by what the Empire could do. When her father was selected to be a part of the Emperor's contingency plan, the true Empire was finally revealed to her. 
her homeworld was selected to be a victim of the Empire's wrath uh, from beyond the grave. The Emperor's wrath. Sorry. Uh, Aiden could not accept this, and she decided to save who she could and escape with her team teammate, Del Miko. Yep. But it required her to turn on her father. Her other teammate and a longtime friend, Gideon Hask, and the entire Empire. She had a crisis of faith, not knowing what to believe anymore. Uh, and eventually, Del convinced her that they should help the rebels and stop the Emperor's plans. Aiden agreed, but seemingly only to save what she could of the Empire she remembered. But eventually, she realized that nothing of the Empire was worth salvaging. It had to be stopped completely. Aiden became a hero of the Rebellion and helped see the Empire end at the Battle of Jakku. And when the remnants of the Empire rose in the First Order and threatened her family, she stood strong once again. She began a family with Del, aw, and had a daughter, Zay. Uh, she lost Del to the First Order, and in saving her daughter and the Resistance, she was killed as well. But in her last moments, they were in, like the entirety of her life. Even when she fought for the Empire, she fought so that others could live. I think that it's what made it so easy for her to join the Rebellion once she learned the truth. She always fought for others until the very end. Mm-hmm. Wow. What? Had no idea about that. <laughs> really? No. She's the, 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 the battlefront lady, isn't she? Yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know so much, you just forget. Like, you put it in a file and then you mis like misplace the entire cabinet. <laughs> John, my mind is a palace... I only have so many shelves. <laughs> if it's a palace, you better have a butt ton of shelves. I have a butler. <laughs> he, he's he, got Alzheimer's. He's the he's, <laughs> he's the butler from Twin he's, Peaks. He's the librarian. No, he's the he's the butler from Twin Peaks. Yes, he is. I'm not get cold on you. Aiden <laughs> um, is wonderfully portrayed in the Battlefront Two campaign by uh, Janine. Oh my gosh, Janine I always. Thank you. I always mess up the names, even when I know how it's supposed to be pronounced. I, I knew the last name perfect. Uh, there was a book released as well alongside the game, also written by Christy Golden. Hmm. You should probably go check that out. Uh, She's just a fantastic author. The book adds a lot to our understanding of Aiden's character before jumping in to play the game, and I think it really adds... Uh, it helps uh, a lot of her views and decisions uh, to make sense throughout uh, the campaign and whatnot. Um, a quote from Aiden is, we fight so that others can live, and if we die, it better be for the same reason. Uh, and I think that fully encapsulates her, her, uh, her entire life and career and service. Um, you know, as you, as you mentioned, uh, you, you, we could almost devalue how she fought, uh, for others because she was fighting for others through the Empire, yeah. but... Nonetheless, I think she was always very selfless. Uh, she was definitely a capable and powerful leader, but she wasn't like the Empire. She wasn't heartless. Uh, mm. And I think that showed um, throughout her, her time as a soldier. Uh, I think that only grew when she became part of the Rebellion, and I think that's why she could choose the Rebellion, is because she cared about others. Yeah. Um, like we mentioned, Aiden is a different case of redemption because of what started her on her path. She never 
knew anything but the best of the bad side. Uh, it's a big lesson in how much perspective plays a part into judging the light from the dark sometimes. And Aiden certainly wouldn't have been the only one to think of the Empire in a positive light. Of course, we know from the outside she's wrong and the Empire is wrong, but for Aiden's perspective, she couldn't see anything other than the any other way until the Empire revealed its true colors. It's the same reason that Anakin can believe that the Jedi are evil, uh, look at his experience and perspective, and while he's wrong for the most part, yes, I said for the most part, but it's not difficult to see why he thought that way. And it's only until the path he chose led to a place that he could follow no more did he finally realize that he could turn around. But again, Aiden is unique. <laughs> uh, Anakin knew what was right and was pulled away. Aiden only ever knew things one way, the Imperial way. So Aiden's story teaches us that we should seek to understand perspectives of others. We can get stuck into thinking that our way is the way if we ignore others and their perspectives and experiences. So educate yourself and seek empathy when you're able. Some yeah. things are non-negotiable. Some things are only one way. But sometimes there's something we can learn that makes things easier or better for ourselves or for others. Yeah. Empathy's important. I will say, I, I love Aiden Versio. Um, I love her character. Uh, I love her story arc. And I think, you know, uh, what she loses throughout her story is, is very, like, it may, I don't know, you know, uh, but if you play, when I played Battlefront, the story, you know, you finish the main story, it ends at the Battle of Jakku, and it's all well, and that's good. But then they released the Resurrection arc, and it adds, you know, it jumps to the time of the First Order and whatnot, and... Watching, you know, your first mission is that you're Kylo Ren, and you're trying to find information from Del Mico, and um, you're the evil force that's chasing him and and hurting him, and you feel bad for him the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and then in the end, he's killed by Hask. Yeah, I I hate video games that make you play as the villain. Yeah, it sucks. It's awful. <laughs> um. It. Unless it's the twist in, uh, what's it, um... Borderlands? Not Borderlands, the, uh... It's, a, it's the one where the guy says, thank you kindly or something, or... It's, uh, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's... Would you kindly. Would you kindly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh... Why can't I remember the name of the game? It's Bio something. Bioshock, Bioshock. thank you. There we go. Yeah, um, like, he's been brainwashed the entire time. Yeah. Oh, That's man. a good twist, though. That's a great twist. Uh, anyway, but... In this one, you know what you're doing the whole time. And it's a really it's really cool in one way to see how Kylo Ren invades the mind of someone else. Uh, but it's also horrible in a sense because you've come to... I mean, Del Mico's very precious. Like, he's the, he's the <laughs> soft one of he's the group precious. from the beginning. Um, and he's a big part of what gives Aiden hope in something else when she's having that crisis. And so to see him hurting and in pain and then ultimately... You don't kill him. Hask kills him in a cutscene, but it's really heart-wrenching that, you know, uh, the Versios can be so happy for such a short time and then lose that. Uh, and then certainly, you know, uh, losing Aiden in the story, um, I didn't expect that to happen. And um, I don't, I didn't 
get emotional. I don't typically get emotional with certain characters. Okay. I said certain characters. Certain characters. Um, But I definitely was like, wow, I really did not want her story to end there. Yeah. Um, So it was more of a feeling of loss, but not a total emotion. But, uh, yeah, I really, throughout the story and definitely by reading the book, I got very attached to her character and wanted to see her become... I wanted to see her come in guns a-blazing in in episode 9 or something, you know. Uh, We know her daughter is still out there um, uh, rallying uh, resistance allies, so there could be a chance she could show up, not in anything major in episode 9, but um, I'd always hoped that, you know, Aiden would show up and and be part of the the resistance allies coming to the rescue, and so it's kind of sad that didn't happen, but... Yeah. Um... Yeah, really great story for for Aiden Versio, and like I said, there you know you get those interesting conversations of perspective and empathy. Uh, it goes a long way for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> um, then moving on. Moving on. Um, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and warn you, Michael Johnson. Oh. <laughs> sit down. <laughs> Sit down, put put on your headphones, and just enjoy the next few minutes. Because <laughs> we're talking about your girlfriend. We're talking about Captain Phasma. Yeah! Yes! Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma! Tall space woman. She's so tall. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea how tall Gwendolyn Christie is? Two meters. In English, please. Uh, that's probably like six foot four inches. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> she tall. Yeah. I feel so small. Master Chief is like two and a half meters. Yeah, but Master Chief isn't real. He's real to me, dang it! <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie is a real woman. She is a real woman. Oh boy, I did, is she a woman? Not to say that if you're not Gwendolyn Christie, you're yeah. not a real woman. Real we did woman, not just disqualify your existence. Real women identify as women. There you go. Yes, real women are real women. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about Captain Phasma. Despite what the sequel films would have you think, Captain Phasma is a bad girl. Uh, we just read Delilah Dawson's amazing novel, um, and we learned so much about her and what got her to her chrome dome status, but it also makes her film appearance a tad bit more frustrating uh, for not reflecting that same bad and bold character. I'm very disappointed in how she is in the sequel films. Yeah. Like... It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Like, I get that you only have so much time in a... in a movie, but at the same time... Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, um... There's a lot of ways that you can come to terms with it. But, you know, I mean, we're not necessarily beating down Ryan Johnson's door for not giving her some epic scene. It's just that it, it's frustrating when you know how great a character can be that you don't get to see that fully um you know it's one thing to read it in a book but you know what what would have been amazing you know to imagine what we could have gotten in the film but at the same time you know i'm i love the the last jedi and so i mean it doesn't make me love it any less because i didn't get it but it's one of those things i'm always going to wonder what if you know even the deleted scene um of part of Finn and Phasma's battle on the Supremacy. If you haven't seen it, I think that is a little bit more Phasma um, than what we got. Um, but I I also 
wouldn't have liked it as much because I feel like the stormtroopers turn on her a little bit too easy. Yeah. Basically just because Finn said so, but... Yeah. I mean, you know, regardless, I, I think that if, if you felt like you didn't get enough Phasma in the films, read the book. Yes. Definitely read Definitely. the book. Regardless of how, you know, she comes off in the films, Phasma is a great character. Uh, she began on the planet Parnas- Parnassos? Parnassos. Parnassos. Parnassus. It's like space Montana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's more like Mad Max Fury Road, but okay. Space Montana. <laughs> space Arizona. There you go. Yeah, everything's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> everything's on fire. Um, the harsh conditions of the planet and the people meant that Phasma had to be strong and cunning. She and her brother grew up defending their clan from the other stronger clans, and eventually, Phasma decided that she wanted more than she had. So, in an epic and heartless plan, she arranged for her clan, including her parents, to be killed. Because you just can't get ahead in life without those with those pesky parents. I like to call my parents baggage. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, this is what I would call my parents if I had one. That's deep-seated issues right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's baggage that could be to cl- to be cl- by To clarify, Horse. I don't mean parents. I mean my father, but... Let's unpack that. No. <laughs> no. Not, we need, this like, is not a Dr. Phil podcast. Now, John. <laughs> I love my mama. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Amen, sister. I do, too. Um, so, Phasma got rid of that pesky baggage. Only her brother and herself survived, just as she had planned. Um, and they joined the Skyer clan. She became quite the powerful warrior over time until luck would give her a a chance to leave Parnassus and seize power evermore. I love that you say Parnassus like molasses (laughs) instead of Parnassos. It's Parnassus. Parnassus. <laughs> Where are you from? Louisville? You mean Louisville? <laughs> it's Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. Shut up. <laughs> um, I love you. Yeah, she went. She she got away from Parnassus and seized even more power when Brindle Hux landed on Parnassus. She found her way off of Parnassus and into the First Order. See, Parnassus! So- <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd love saying that word so much. I put it in there like five times. <laughs> so, sometime later, away from Parnassus, she helped Armitage Hux, who is the Cryberry, 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 Crybaby <laughs> Redhead, by assassinating his father, Brendel. She just loves patricide. I don't know. I, I think she just likes murder. 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 Murder, mom. Um, so, she killed Hux's dad. Yep. Her dad, he's dead. I need the guidance of a father figure. <laughs> there you are. Got rid of that daddy issue there. Uh, she then became a ruthless but effective leader of the First Order by overseeing the training and action of the stormtroopers. Uh, despite saving her own skin by de- deactivating the shields on Star- Starkiller base, she managed to escape and attempted to pin the act on another officer. When that didn't work, she simply killed him and planted the evidence before returning to Hux's side. Just in time to face off with Finn uh, on the Supremacy, where she meets her supposed end. That's incredibly disappointing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just so sad. Yeah. 
But, supposed end. Supposed end. Oh my gosh, she's just gonna, like, come out of a trash can in episode she's just gonna, nine. She's gonna be the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> Finn's gonna be, like, looking around and she's like, that's, that's a very shiny trash can. She's gonna can. be like that captain from Star Trek that uh, is basically just a box and then the head <laughs> from that one accident. Oh boy. Um, that one accident. Uh, that was uh, the... That was Kirk's mentor uh, guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I don't either. Pike. Yes, that's right. Pike. Captain Pike. Um, yeah, she's just going to come back as the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, well, I'm the ultimate chrome dome. <laughs> um, you thought you seen the last of me. Surprise! <laughs> right. Um... Phasma is portrayed by Gwendolyn Christie, as we mentioned, and Beautiful. is the reason that Phasma is, has such an imposing stature and icy cold voice. Uh, it's a shame that she wasn't able to portray the Phasma that we know in the books, but with her appearing in Resistance, maybe there's hope for that, uh, at least a little yeah. bit. You want to see Gwendolyn Christie being awesome? Watch Game of Thrones. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so not all hope is lost. Uh, even The Last Jedi director, Ryan Johnson, has said that she's like Kenny from South Park. So maybe <laughs> Nine could give us some great moments with the character. Um, I, I still hold fast. I would, I would freaking love the comedy factor if she just shows up. No, <laughs> like, the thing is, now, if you read the comics, you understood how she showed up in episode eight. Imagine everybody else that is still probably like, how did that, how did she get out? Yeah. I, I love the idea of she just shows up, no explanation. I want her to show up in nine. No explanation. <laughs> She's just like hiding in a closet on the right. Millennium Falcon. She just, just like <laughs> Right. Uh maybe not that much, but I do I, I want her to just pop out and just be like, you know You're here. <laughs> I want her to kick Finn's butt. I, w I just want her to have a, a quality scene where we see I mean, we know she was skilled with uh, physical combat. That's why she had the staff. Was That was actually carried over from her time on Parnassus because she was, Parnassus. you know... Uh, the planet was very... Uh, you know, Gwendolyn... Oh, not Gwendolyn. Uh, Christy Golden, sorry. Um, just, you know, she was... I, I joked about it, but she was inspired by Mad Max Fury Road when she wrote this book, and that's how she envisioned the planet, is that it was kind of post-nuclear. Uh, yeah. And so... So um, Arizona, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, their weapons weren't blasters and laser swords. You know, they were they were physical weapons. They, you know, by all of in, all intents and purposes, you know, that planet and people were ejected into the past, uh, uh, as far as technology went. Yeah. And so that staff carried over. She was skilled in physical combat, and to see that would have been awesome. Even as brief a scene as yeah. um, the. Uh, the stun baton trooper versus Finn um, at Taco Donna in episode seven. Yeah. That scene maybe lasts 120 seconds. It's not a long scene, but it's enough to be like, oh my gosh, this stormtrooper's got game. Like, Trader. wow. Yeah. Like you, you'd never seen a grunt hold his own to, against someone with a lightsaber. Now, uh, Finn was not a Jedi. No. But he went through the same physical combat training that all other stormtroopers went through, so he still should have been able to hold his own and still got whooped. That was a cool scene. And then he got shot with uh, Chewie's bowcaster. Yeah. Like, that works. Something something just that small and simple would have been great for her. Yeah. You know what I want to see in episode 9? What? 
I want to see a scene where Phasma's doing all her clippy do and like twirling around the uh, the spear and everything, and then just Finn gets oh he's it, just tired and Indiana just, Jones scene yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. I think that's my biggest thing is Finn should not have been able to overpower Phasma. That was my biggest thing. Oh no. Um, Woman's built like you know brick house. The brick house. <laughs> uh, that was what She's was so great about the deleted scene was because Finn enlisted help from other stormtroopers. Like, hey, you want to know who's to blame for Starkiller Base? Fast, you know he he edges them on to having doubts about her, and so she gets busy fighting them, and that's when he takes the chance to uh, sneak a shot on her. Yeah. And that's how it ended in the deleted scene. I think that worked way more because. You would need that kind of help if you were going against Phasma. Definitely. The Phasma we know. But for Phasma to just be, you know, and don't blame it on the concussion of, you know, everything going, like the, the I know the hangar was on fire. I know all that stuff was happening, but you underestimate my Phasma, okay? She would not have been affected by that stuff. She would have been yeah. at the top of her game. She should have been able to whoop Finn's butt, but because of story, still would have died. Yeah. We didn't get that. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm so mad. Go, go in your room. Goodness. <laughs> and while Phasma is a bad lady, she still has a role in inspiring those girls who think that they are too big or too strong or just not durling enough. I know, growing up, that was an issue for me. I was the tallest one in my class. I'm short as heck now. Right. But, but when I was but a child... But fifth grade, I was a giant. I was a tree. <laughs> um... I think Gwendolyn has been great to see here, and in Game of Thrones, as an example of a strong woman who isn't half-dressed, or isn't regarded so much for physical beauty alone. I mean, she's still absolutely freaking gorgeous. She's a beautiful woman. Um, I want to be Gwendolyn Christie when I grow up, John. <laughs> I do. Um, but she's beautiful in ways that aren't really celebrated much for females. So, even though Phasma isn't inspiring as a character in the films, or because of coming to the light, her role for existing, for someone like Gwen to step into, is such a great representation. I mean, we don't celebrate nearly enough. Like, real heckin' strong, sexy women. Mm -hmm. I, like, I don't get that. Like, if we are so excited when someone can lift someone over their head shouldn't it shouldn't they be excited when a girl can do it too like i want gwendolyn christie to lift me over her head i'm pretty sure you if if you saw her at celebration she might do that <gasps> i would die don't ask her to and do then that. propose <laughs> what you're married <laughs> look at me john we can move to utah no we can't no, no we can't. i ain't going to utah <laughs> dang mormons space montana <laughs> Okay. If you're a Mormon, please don't be offended. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> it's just a joke, guys. You can have your multiple wives if you want. I can only handle the one, okay? <laughs> you can barely handle me. Exactly. You can't lift me over your head like some kind the of... The cats are my emotional support animals for dealing with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that I means I you. need to hype it up a little bit. Um, but yeah. Like, Gwendolyn Christie is awesome in so many ways mm -hmm. she's freaking hilarious she's such a great actress and you know she's beautiful absolutely and i don't think she gets enough credit for that yeah like and, and people look at her and they go oh a giraffe but like 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's one thing to see her in, in media and in films and all this other stuff, but, you know, I mean, Gwendolyn as herself, she's very beautiful, and she's also yeah. very nice and sweet yeah. and, and, and whatnot, and, um, yeah, she she is a great model of representation of yeah. uh, body positivity and, and yeah. whatnot. Uh, you know, not that our girls need to necessarily grow up being like, I want to be like Phasma in the sense of the character, but being able to say, hey, I'm tall like Phasma. At least I can they still can be cool. their own. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't want them to grow up being, <laughs> wanting to be Phasma because of the killing part, but of the, hey, I'm tall, she's tall, yeah. you know, using that. Do you really think any of our children are going to be taller? We would be cursed with that, Chuck, with, uh, <laughs> with that, I imagine. Oh, boy. Hmm. They're going to outgrow us one way or the other. Mm. Accurate. Yeah, would they grow beyond? <laughs> wow, deep. Yeah. We've got a young girl in our class who is projected to be like, she's gonna be six foot something. She's she still so, hadn't stopped growing. No, she is so tall, and she's twelve. Yeah. She's turning thirteen in a couple of weeks. She'll but. probably be as tall as her mom. Yeah, but like. Who's also a very? She's rather tall for a, for a lady. Yeah, and I've I've told her before. Hey, you know who else is tall? Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> Captain Phasma, she's yep. awesome and tall. Like, they had to specially make armor for her, because she's so tall and awesome. Yeah, and I, I definitely think of her when I think of uh, the inspiration and, and the body positivity of Phasma, because she's tall, she's very athletic, she's very yeah. uh, intimi intimidating to the boys in her class, and so I feel for her, you know, so being able to point at Gwendolyn Christie as a role model for her of saying, hey, here's someone who has all those things and yeah. uses that, uh, yeah. you know, and we, we can celebrate that stuff. Yeah. So, um, fun, if, you know, and we'll close on this, but if you haven't, look up the video of her and, um, John Boyega oh, doing the funny. What's in the Box Challenge it's or whatever so it's called. Funny. She is so hilarious. And number one, their chemistry is amazing. Yeah. But she, the, she is just so, so funny in that. It's so great. I watch that sometimes just for the fun of it. Yeah. John Boyega is hilarious too. He's also a wimp. <laughs> I, lo I love both of them. They're both so precious. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that if you want a really good laugh and a good time, uh, look that up on YouTube. Uh, it's really fun. Or yeah. just, and, and also, just look up any of the times that um, the any of the Star Wars actors have done the uh, Google autocomplete challenge. Yeah. The, oh, uh, wh oh, my gosh, what's his name? Orson Krennic's actor. Um, uh, I don't remember. I can't remember. Uh He's the funniest. Or Redenbacher. I don't know. No. Uh, he, he's freaking hilarious on that. Uh, Diego Luna's funny. Oh, Diego uh, So, so, so great. I, I love it. We might meet him at Celebration. Too. Diego. We, we might meet Diego Luna now at Celebration. I'm really hoping we see something of that in, uh, at Celebration. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's like... I can't wait to go to Celebration. I can't either. All right. Boy, we're going to have to. All right. So, our last lady... Our last beautiful woman of the galaxy is Ray Sloan. Yep. Yay! <laughs> I was expecting more fanfare. Yeah, well, I mean. Clap your hands. Yay! <laughs> there you go. No, don't clap your hands. She's asleep. Let, clamp her, your let hands. her sleep. If you're happy and you know it. <laughs> Clamp your hands. <laughs> Clamp your hands. Stamp your clams. <laughs> oh, Clamp your tams. We are tired and I am on cold medicine. <laughs> um, similar to Iden. Uh, is the character of Ray Sloan. 
Sloane, though, doesn't quite have redemption in the typical sense. More like a renewing. Uh, Sloane began life almost 20 years before the Clone Wars on a simple core world with not a lot to offer. Space Montana. Pretty much. Wow. I hope you're not from Montana. Because, sorry. But not. Um... <laughs> She dreamed of bigger and better things, and even attempted to run away to find them. But she was stopped when she was almost abducted by a criminal gang. Years later, when the Empire came to her world... Stop, because I have to sneeze. I'm good. Uh, Ganthel. Ganthel? Ganthel. 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 Kind of like, um, Kalel. You uh, emphasize it. Gotcha. Or otherwise you just say Kale. <laughs> Kale, Gantle. Super Saiyan Kale. <laughs> That's a thing, by the way. I know it's a thing, okay. and I'm still sad. <laughs> We're a brother. Um, Genthel, Parnassus, uh, and cleaning, and clean things up, she, what? She, when the Empire came to her world, she, they cleaned things up, and she viewed them as heroes, and decided to join the Empire soon after. That joke broke you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> It it ruined my ability to read and process words. Uh, her career was a quickly successful one. Sloane was a brilliant and firm leader and was not intimidated by the likes of Vader, Tarkin, or even the Emperor. So sassy lady. Um, when she found those who were a threat to what the Empire stood for, she had no hesitation in dispatching them. That means murder. Correct? In some cases. Mm. I mean, eventually the jailers would do that, but for the most part, she just had actual justice. Actual justice. That's interesting. And the Emperor? And the Empire? Whatever. During her time as a captain of the Star Destroyer Ultimatum, it just sounds like Old Tomato, um, she ran into the former Jedi, Kanan Jarrus, and became arguably obsessed with him for a while, which who wouldn't be? No. He's got a ponytail and a sick, like, goatee going on. <laughs> like. Sounds like, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, if you're a female and you grew up in the early 2000s slash 90s, Freddie Prince Jr. Like, seriously. Or Chad Michael Murray. Even then. I don't know who Chad Michael Murray is. Really? One Tree Hill? What did what did Freddie Prince Jr. do other than Scooby Doo? Oh my gosh! You really <laughs> want to get on this rabbit trail? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I'll but show I'll you. But I'll just I'll just I'll just share that I'm uneducated. You're gonna Let, get an IMDb page. Well, slapped in let's your just later. let's just admit that nothing good until Star Wars Rebels. Aaron Carter. And he's also like best bros wait, with that, Sam Witwer. Wait, 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 wait. That's Freddie Prince Jr. What? Kanan. Did you really not know what? that? What? <laughs> How did you not know that? Because I never knew. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm so excited now. That's why he and uh, Sam Witwer are, are best buddies. Oh, I just thought because they were good friends. No, well, I mean, I'm sure they knew each other before then, but like, I feel like yeah. that's what really cemented them. They both realized how big of Star Wars... Like, they're big... Tri like, whenever they do trivia tag teams together, like, yeah. I mean, they're killers at the Star Wars trivia. Maybe. He's married to Cheryl Michelle Geller. That makes me happy. That's Daphne, right? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, and Buffy. Oh, yeah. What? 
mean? <laughs> what does that mean, John? It means let's get on with the podcast. It means... I still can't believe you did not. You, I had you, no you've, idea. You've watched nearly half of Rebels <laughs> at this point. I'm not very observant. Well, clearly in one of your favorite movies, you didn't realize Jean Renault's actor was there, Hank English. Yeah, I really didn't. <laughs> I think that's his name. I know his first name's Hank. Hank. Thank you, thank you. Or Mark. I didn't know that Sam Witwer was in The Mist. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna refrain from making my favorite joke. When I didn't know he was in Being Human, though. Yeah! Because I didn't watch Being Human. <laughs> I prefer the UK version over the American version. But the American version has Sam Witwer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see Sam Witwer running around being a vampire, watch Being Human. If you want to see, um... Do not mention Ewan McGregor. If you want to see... No. Do not... Okay. I'm not going to. All right, thank you. I wasn't going to. <laughs> if you want to see the UK version, that's a lot of fun too. Okay. If you want to watch uh, the, uh, the the actor who played uh, what's his name, he's in The Hobbit. Keely. Oh, uh, John Reese Davies. No, that's Gimli. Uh, no, oh, wait, he that's was in Jonathan Reese Davies. Wait a minute. He was no. in The Hobbit. Jonathan Stavis? No. He played Keeley? No, no, no. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I don't really know much. But he's fantastic. And he was in the he was in Being Human, the UK version. He plays a fantastic vampire. I don't really know the Hobbit cast as well. We just need to watch it again. I'm sorry. This is a Star Wars. <laughs> this is a Star Wars job. You're just thinking about the Hobbit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to bring it around with, oh, but this guy, no, but I can't, I don't know the cast that well of that, that one. Uh, Martin Freeman, he was in, uh, he was in, uh, Martin. Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch was in Avengers. Yes, he was. Uh, Infinity War with. Iron Man and Iron Robert Man Bradley is play, played by Nolan North in one of the animated series and Nolan North was in one of the Ratchet and Clank games and Ratchet and Clank or Ratchet was played by James Arnold Taylor who was played by who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. There you go. Good job. Let's get a round of applause. It w- it was an exaggerated version of of 7 scary. degrees of separation or whatever but How many degrees of bacon was that? <laughs> I don't know. All of them. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Anyway, I apologize I for the last seven minutes. Place. I was talking about Kanan. Uh, yes, you were talking about Kanan and coming to the epic realization that that is Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, let's see, where was I? Uh, only thanks to Jarrus and Hera that Sloane was able to defeat her former superior, Count Vidian. Sloane, years later, and now Grand Ad- now a Grand Admiral teamed up again with her enemies to stop Gaius Rex. Gallius. Gallius. I was so used to pronouncing something like that, Gaius. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, from destroying her empire. While Gallius had been selected by the emperor himself to lead the empire to its end. Really? Mm-hmm. Aftermath trilogy. Uh, Sloane had other plans, though. And with help of Snap Wexley's parents, she was able to stop his plans and rescue what Imperial forces, forces she could to flee its unknown regions. 
For quite some time, she was instrumental to the rebuilding of the Empire into the First Order. We don't know yet what happened to her in her final years, but her involvement with the First Order helped make it to the powerful enemy that it is now. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, I love Ray Sloan. Thanks, Mom. I love Ray Sloan. She is such a great character. Um, probably my favorite Imperial. <coughs> yes, oh, even over Thrawn, because Thrawn's technically not Imperial. His allegiance is to the Chiss Ascendancy. Um, what was that word's... What? I, I did not recognize what you just said as English. Which part? The Chiss Ascendancy. The, the Chiss Ascendancy. The Chiss Ascendancy. Yeah, Thrawn's species is called the Chiss, and their organizational and military Chiss. structure is the Chiss Ascendancy. The Chiss Ascendancy is who sent Thrawn to the Empire in order to kind of feel things out um, and understand whether or not the... Chiss Ascendancy needs to come in and deal with things or, or not. Um, and they made him a bad guy. Well, no, the entire time, like I said, his, his allegiance was to the Chiss, but he loved what the Empire stood for. Uh, and so there's kind of that conflict. There's, there's a, you know, I think his ultimate allegiance, though, was to his people and his mission. Uh, and, you know, serving the Empire was just kind of part of that. Interesting. Yeah. Read. Thrawn, Thrawn Alliances. Gets that backstory. Never read a Thrawn book, never seen Thrawn. Yeah. So, there you go. Feel free to dunk on me yeah. in the comments. I, I, I'm the, I'm I'm the funnel consumer of all things Star Wars, and then I, I get kind of... On. Yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, send it her way, and yeah. if you can't tell, I'm sort of the... You're the full, full Yeah, I'm, I, like, I absorb... Quite a lot. I'm not going to say I'm like, you know, I'm not Star Wars Explained. I'm not that yeah. memorized on everything, but I know a good bit just because I enjoy knowing yeah. a lot. We're one of those uh, expert slash dummy uh, podcasts. You're the expert. I am the, I'm the ignoramus. No, you, you enjoy Star Wars, not for the facts, but for the fun and the stories and the characters. You know, you're, you don't enjoy Star Wars anymore necessarily knowing what a you know a t16 hyperdrive is no idea uh you, but for me i'm like oh i know that that also belongs in this ship and that ship yeah. and that but you know so if you think yeah. about it we're kind of the spectrum of star wars fans in a way yeah you're them. you're closer <laughs> to the middle though yeah you're not just the i watch them because they're fun yeah you, you're close to the middle ground of you enjoy Behind the scenes facts mostly to do with the actors yeah. and how things like the uh, effects department yeah. and all, not so much the in universe stuff. Yeah. Do I need to know how many people piloted Java? No, but I want to. Right. So you like <laughs> you like the the real world facts. I like yeah. the in universe facts. Uh, yeah. I just I like Star Wars because I like puppets. <laughs> no, that's not all. It's, it's and a, dead children. It's a part. Mm. <laughs> Apparently. Because mm. there's a plenty. <laughs> there's plenty. Um, you need a dead child? Have I got a film for you? Right. Um, but, in, but you know, anyway. Uh, yeah. That's why I say a lot of times you know things based on what we've watched or read or what we've talked about. Yeah. But certain certain things re are revolving. You, re you retain what you enjoy most and the rest you just kind of get refreshed <laughs> yes. on, on things. Now, I, I 
I guess we really just never talked about the fact of Freddie Prince Jr. being a part of yeah. uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels. Mostly but. because I haven't watched, like you said, I haven't watched a lot of Rebels. I mean, I've watched most of the first season. Right, but. yeah, because you haven't seen, because I think we got almost through season two when you kind of, you did, you weren't like, I'm not watching this bull honky anymore, but you were just <laughs> kind of like, I'm going to. I gonna. drifted. Yeah, uh, and so I kind of left you there and power watched the rest of it, which is why you didn't know about the Bindu, which, oh my gosh, you're going to lose your mind. Uh, Probably. But um, that's the character, of course, by Tom Baker that we talked about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and some things I like, I, you know, I know for like the Clone Wars stuff, there's a lot I don't give you because I want your first reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's stuff that, like I said, I think you retain your favorite things and then other things just kind of revolve. Yeah. I'm like a planet. You just get out of my orbit sometimes. And then, and then a comet brings you back. You get flung off into the sun sometimes. It happens. Um, so Ray Sloan's story, though, um, you can find that in The Rise of the Empire, which is a book that collects two books, uh, New Dawn and Tarkin, alongside three short stories that also add to her character. Um, the Kanan comics as well, and the Aftermath trilogy. That's that was my first introduction to Ray Sloan, um, was the Aftermath Trilogy. That's where a lot of, a lot of the stuff comes. Like, the whole thing with Gallius Rex and all that convoluted Imperial Contingency Plan stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, basically the Emperor's plan was, if I can't have the Empire... No one And can. if the Empire would let me die... Like, that's how he viewed it, was like, if the Empire lets me die, it can die. Um... And so Gallius Rex was tasked with doing that, but Ray Sloan wanted none of that. She believed in the Empire and what it stood for, and so that's how you got that power struggle. And um, yeah, they're really, really good books. A lot goes on in the Aftermath trilogy that is so great. If you haven't read it, um, it, it fills in so much uh, between the Battle of Endor, the Battle of Jakku, which is about. I want to say about a year, maybe three years. I can't remember the time frame. Um, but anyway, so that's where you can find that story if you're interested. Um, Ray Sloan is definitely a, a hard woman to dislike. Uh, she's certainly not 100% morally good, but she has a way of almost making you want to join the Empire. Yeah. Uh, her character definitely is a highlight for its representation of not only a woman in an incredibly powerful leadership role within the Empire, but as a woman of color. Um, I, I know it can... I, I was talking to someone before where uh, this sort of thing was brought up and they said, well, that's just an excuse for why I should like the character. That That's not a good reason. But I, I feel like that's kind of that's kind of closed-minded. That's how I felt. It wasn't about Ray Sloan, but it was about another character. And it was kind of just one of those things where it's like, I mean, in-universe, there's actually a lot of reason to respect Ray Sloan just for being a Grand Admiral female. Like, that wasn't the biggest thing back then for the Empire. You know, the Empire was, you know, a very rough place, basically, if you weren't male. 
uh, and, and or human. <laughs> or well, yeah, or human. Um, you know, and I mean, we don't like to talk about it, but I mean, it's kind of a product of a, a sort of you know casual view of what heroes and villains should look like and, and whatnot, and you know, uh, certain people and uh, certain gender and and certain people of color uh, just didn't fit that for the time and and so both in in universe and in actual life to have a, a woman of color like Ray Sloan be there and to stand up to characters like Vader and Tarkin and the Emperor to have such a bold and powerful character and it be uh, a woman of color I think is a very significant thing and I don't think it's in any way an excuse for why she's a great character. I think she's a great character because she's a great character. And it's even better that she is a woman while doing all of it. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's, I think much like Gwendolyn Christie, I think that's just needed representation. Um, you know, I think there's uh, there's women and girls that can look to that kind of character and, and, and see something um, that they wouldn't otherwise see if, if Ray Sloan was anyone different or looked any differently. Um, and so, but I definitely think that uh, Ray Sloan is a very awesome character that I really want more of, especially of her time during the uh, Empire's uh, place in the Unknown Regions, you know, I want more of that period of, from the Empire's perspective of becoming the First Order and all that stuff, especially uh, with Rey Sloan, you know. Um, I, I think she was the, I think she's the leader that the Empire deserves and, and needs, and I think that, um, I don't necessarily think, oh, if Rey Sloan was the leader of the Empire and not the Emperor, then the Empire wouldn't have been as bad. I don't necessarily think that, like I said, she's not 100% morally good, but she's certainly a better leader of all than the Emperor is, because the yeah. Emperor was completely selfish, whereas Ray Sloan was like, I believe in the Empire. Like, I believe in what the Empire stands for and what it does, and anyone that threatens that can get out of my way. And so, it, it's really interesting to have that kind of character. You know, even Aiden, I don't... I mean, obviously she switched sides, but even Aiden wasn't that uh, into the Empire, I don't think. Yeah. Um, you know, I think she was, if anything, mo mostly obligated to the Empire. But with Ray Sloan, like, you know, she she fully believed that the galaxy was far better with the Empire and far better with the Empire with her in charge. Yeah. And so she made it so that she was in charge. She made it happen. Go after your dreams, girl. Exactly. Um, and so with that long-windedness... Um, Hopefully you enjoyed uh, this look at the Women of the Galaxy. Uh, we'll get into some Q's and A's, uh, and then we will leave you guys with the rest of your day or night or whenever you're listening to this. Um, but if we didn't mention one of your favorite ladies, make sure you let us know. Uh, I know uh, when we asked you guys um, some of your favorite female villains, uh, some of these were your answers, as we'll discuss. Um... But if there was anyone else, um, let us know. Tell us why you love them. We, we love to hear that kind of stuff. So uh, hit us up on Twitter and Facebook with that stuff. Now, 
let's get some A's for your Q's. Alright, I like all the main shows. We asked you guys some questions on Twitter and Facebook. We compiled your answers, and now we're going to read them back to you, just in case you forgot. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll give you our own, as a bonus. No, we, we, we always, like I said, enjoy getting your perspective on things, on characters, and topics, and whatnot, and um, then adding our own icing to the cake of that, and whatnot. And we also got some really good questions from you guys uh, this week to answer as well. So, fun stuff. Uh, normally this is Megan's job to read, but Megan been doing a lot of reading. I can't her, read. Her readometer is full right now, so. I need audible. All you gotta do is give me your A. No R for you, just A. Anyway, on Twitter we asked you guys, who is your favorite female villain in all of Star Wars? Uh, Michael Johnson said Phasma. Of course. Of course. We weren't, uh, we weren't expecting that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan Bullock said Aiden Versio. Uh, Sophie Dalla. Sophie Dalla, sorry. Sophie said Dalla. Darth Zana or, uh, and Ray Sloan. Uh, Legends and Kanan, respectively. Kanan. Uh, Kanan. Excuse me. I got Freddy <laughs> on the mind. Uh, rural farm boy Anthony said Arita... Uh, Goodness gracious, I can't read. This is why you do the reading. <laughs> Arinda Price, Governor Price, uh, from Rebels. Uh, she was almost on this episode, but we ran out of room. And really, Ray Sloan almost and probably should have been cut because this is a long episode, but I had to talk about Sloan. I love Sloan. She beats Governor Price. I'm sorry. But Kicks her in the stomach. Governor Price is a great character as well. Um... And then Jonathan Marrer, Jonathan Marrer, reading, uh, said Darth Treya, uh, which is also a, a good KOTOR Sith lady there. Um, what about you, Megan? Who is your favorite female villain of Star Wars? Ventress. I like Ventress a lot. I mean, even though she's... I, I hear she's get, getting redemption arc, but I, knowing... My thing is, you're a villain yeah. until you're redeemed. That's why Aiden counts on this list, is because, yes. yes, she's redeemed, but for the majority of her life and character, she is a villain. Yeah, and I think she's a very popular one, but at the same time, like, I, I have enjoyed seeing her in the Clone Wars. You know, every time she shows up, I get a little happy dance in my heart. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I just, I just, I love that giraffe. She's not a giraffe. <laughs> she was in in that one show for like five minutes. It's just an artistically long neck. In okay? my heart, she will always be the beautiful giraffe woman oh known goodness. as Ventress. I am Sith. Oh you are Myth Sith Taken. Oh my goodness, whatever. I tried to make the Myth Taken joke. That was from Buffy. <laughs> it didn't work. That joke is from Buffy. Did you know that? What, Myth Taken? Yeah, someone says to Buffy, I thought you were a myth. And she says, well, you were myth-taken. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> um, that's the entirety of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, John. Well, thanks, fantastic. Joss Whedon. Thank you, actually, Joss Whedon. Because yeah. that's one of my favorite shows. Actually, thank you. <laughs> you don't have to at least so one sad. of his shows got more than 13 episodes. I'm going to throw something <laughs> at your head. <laughs> I, I say that enjoying Firefly, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. What? Because yeah. Nathan Fillion. What can I throw in? And, oh my gosh, what's his name? 
Adam. I know it's Adam. It's Adam. Jane. No. No, no, no. The character's name is Jane. Yep, but yeah. it's Adam. What are what are those annoying brothers? The one that's in Thirty Rock. Um, the I one that's on SNL right now. I don't remember. Oh my gosh, he does the Trump impersonation. I don't remember. Oh my gosh, Magad. I don't know last names. I'm he was in uh, Fast and Furious 7. Well, that clears it up, the one I haven't seen. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, but now it's bugging me. <laughs> uh, anyway. Do you want to Google it? No. Dang it. My brain works. Also, um, that was the most country thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, regardless, he played Superman. He played Clark Kent in one of the animated films. Nice. There Fancy. you go. Dang it. And Alan Tudyk was a chicken. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it, it stinks that we have the same answer, but I, I enjoy Ventress as well, obviously. Um, it doesn't stink. It just means we have taste. Yeah. Um, you know, when we sat to talk about uh, what we would put in this episode, Ventress was who I think we both had the most to talk about, and I just, you know, her whole story, uh, I get energized about. I love talking about Ventress and her arc and, and everything, uh, and most of that just comes from the Dark Disciple book. I mean, it really, that book just does so much for her character, uh, and so it takes a great villain character and gives her even more depth and whatnot, so. Yeah. Ventress, definitely a great gal. Um, didn't see a lot of love for Ventress on that one, but that's okay. It's not too late. You can still let us know who's your favorite. Uh, did they show up in the episode or not? If not, we're sorry, but we're on a time schedule. We can't podcast all day, guys. Sorry. No. We're not the off-topic. I mean, case. if we did, we would really need some Patreon support. Just saying. Yeah. Um, then, alright, so, um, just the, we asked you guys just the one question, but then you guys came at us with two good questions. Emery Gettys asked on Facebook, "What is some force? What is some force related? What? Oh, hang on, I can read. I promise. Can you? What is something force related that you would like to see in the movies or the shows that we haven't seen yet? So, such as the World Between Worlds, you haven't seen that yet, uh, or you have seen this Luke's force projection." Uh, from The Last Jedi. Yeah. So you don't know what The World Between World is. I can't tell you what The World Between World is because Rebels and because all of the feels. But just what's a force power that you would like to see that we haven't seen? They go to the space between spaces. Literally. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess more like astral projection style people projecting themselves in other places because that's my steez. That's your steez? It's my style. Okay. It's my steezity style. I like it. (laughs) Since when are you hip and young? I don't know. I am so hip, I can't see over my pelvis. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference for you. Is that the Alan Rickman one? Is that by the robot? No, no, no. Oh, he doesn't say that? Because he's got a lot of hip. Zap eyed (laughs) people. Zap on people props. It's only in Is the that book. the guy with the blonde hair? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hate that character. What? He's so annoying. Read the book, John. Um, You'll love him briefly. I would love to see more force controlled lightsaber stuff. Um, <laughs> what? 
Just like see a lightsaber just floating across a room jauntily. Well, no, but like, I mean, concept, yes, yes. but uh, oh. not not jauntily. I want I want you know full fledged lightsaber battles, but you know yeah. someone controlling with the force. I believe it's Darth Treya that does that um, in Legends and whatnot. So. Seeing something like that would be so epic. And she and the one with the elbow bra- elbow blades. No, that's Maris Brood. Gotcha. Um, the Shoto sabers. Gotcha. Um, also very cool stuff. But uh, force related, yes, I'd love to see something where you know, because that's sort of an epitome of battle meditation in the sense of if you can focus enough to mo- control multiple lightsabers in a battle without lifting an actual mm-hmm. finger, that's pretty cool. It it would just be like that one scene in that one movie. I don't remember what it is. I think this was just like a joke in a comic or something, where like, it's you and a murderer in a room, and you have the clapper lights, mm-hmm. and you're just like having a clap off fight. <laughs> one of you turning on the lights, one of you turning off <laughs> the lights. So she's just like turning off your lightsaber. You're reactivating it. She's turning it off. You're reactivating it. Uh, now that'd be cool. Uh, Ahsoka actually does that at one point. Um, she deactivates someone's lightsaber. Um, so seeing, but the thing is, that takes a lot of intense focus, and she only does that because she's against fighting that person, but, you know, uh, so seeing someone that powerful in the force to be able to control multiple sabers in that way, that would be really, really cool. If we ever do go KOTOR with the films, then I'd love that kind of thing. I mean, think of how intense and... Like, emotional that scene where Luke is hanging upside down in the Wampa's lair, mm-hmm. trying to get the lightsaber up out of the ice. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. I like that. I like... That's intense. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about that circus fire? It was intense. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, good. Very good question. Yeah. Um, Michael Johnson asked, how was the Death Star 2 built so quickly? Uh, uh, basically... There wasn't as many problems. Um, the first Death Star should not have taken uh, 19 years to complete. Uh, p- yeah. Part of the reason it did was because of a lot of sabotage. So um, the answer for this is in the history of the first Death Star. So the first Death Star began construction on the planet Geonosis. Um, they used the Geonosians to build it. Several Geonosians on several occasions sabotaged the building of it because yeah. of the abuse and treatment that they were getting while building this weapon. Yeah. Um, so several of them... So you have the Geonosians, you have the workers that are damaging uh, production, throwing things behind. Um, you also have lots of accidents. Um, there's just a whole bunch of stuff that just happens on the construction field. I mean... Think of as many accidents as you have building a seven-story building and then amplify that by a moon-sized battle station. That's no moon. And you just have a lot of accidents. Um, There's also a lot of interior sabotage uh, here and there. So basically, the first Death Star just had a lot going against it. If you read the book Catalyst, um, which is a prequel to Rogue One that uh, comes from Orson Krennic and Tarkin's and the Empire's perspective of the Death Star, you you get a lot of the details of what's going on. Not to mention, uh, for the Death Star, they had to harvest kyber crystals, which was very difficult because they didn't know all the places they could get kyber crystals. 
likely by the time that they built the second Death Star, um, they basically just went back to the places where they got the first crystals and, and whatnot, and it was just a lot easier knowing what to do and what not to do and how to do things. Yeah. Um, technically, the second Death Star was not completed, so uh, it still had quite a bit of work, but they were smart enough this time to make sure that the gun was working before they finished everything else. Um, you know, and so, yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of a simple answer, but basically just because it was easier, um, you know, the, the, the worst thing about building the Death Stars is the bill probably cost a butt ton. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the Death Star on our Super Weapons episode, and just to power that thing for a day would take millions of dollars. So, uh, I, I don't know how credits work in Star Wars, but apparently somebody has a bunch of them. Um, apparently. So, but yeah, but uh, another good question that comes up. I, I certainly wondered that. Uh, I think everyone kind of wonders that when you realize that it's only been three years. Um, and, and so it feels like, well, why did it take 20 also, we don't know exactly when... It may not have been exactly 20. We don't know exactly when... Um, you know, Revenge of the Sith implies that uh, they were already working on the Death Star. Um, you know, it ends with uh, Vader and Palpatine overseeing the Death Star skeleton being built. But that could have very well been an advance in, in storytelling. Like, that could have been further down the road. Mm -hmm. I know that they're viewing it on a Venator-class cruiser, which shouldn't have been in service more than maybe one or two years after the rise of the Empire, but if you overlook that, mm -hmm. it makes sense. That that could have been a time jump ahead. It could have been a few years ahead. Um, so that's the geeky response as well, is, you know, we don't know exactly when it began. We don't know when the first screw was screwed on, on the Death Star. Um, I do. Piglet you knows, apparently. Either. She um, knows the secret of the universe. <clears throat> So, yeah, uh, great questions. Um, you guys can send us more of those great questions. Uh, you don't have to wait for us. We do make a, a Q&A question post. We, we ask you for, our que for questions. You don't have to wait for that. You can message us. You can uh, just tag us. Uh, you can just post on our uh, page, whatever you want to do. Uh, send us your questions anytime you think of one. Uh, no need to wait for it, and we will answer them on our main shows. If we don't get to one... We may, like, in this case, we answer two because we got two. Um, you know, depending on how time goes, we do two, maybe three. It just uh, depends on what we get. So be thinking of your good questions. It can be Star Wars related or it can be about what our favorite color is. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yellow. Whatever. Well, now they can't ask the question, Megan. Now you'll have to think of another question. But it can be whatever related, whatever you'd like to know uh, from our perspectives or, or whatnot. Um. So, in closing, uh, first of all, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Hopefully you enjoyed this look at Women of the Galaxy. Hopefully you bought this book. If not, go get it. It's awesome. If we haven't talked about it enough, go get it. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't necessarily read straight from the book for this episode, but the book was a big uh, player in helping make the episode happen in, in terms of uh, the per perspective of the characters and, and all this wonderful stuff and just the topic alone. I don't know that yeah. we would be talking about this or doing these episodes if this book wasn't released. And so, um, and, and the art in it, we can't overemphasize the art. The art is absolutely stunning of all the characters. 
So pick it up. It's a great book, great for your coffee table. Uh, some announcements before we go. Uh, Women of the Galaxy Part 3 is scheduled, as we mentioned at the beginning, uh, for after the first of the year. Rogues edition. We're going to do the kind of in-between gals. They're not good, they're not bad, but they're not either. Um, and, again, if you really want, we can do a Legends one, but as of right now, we don't have plans to, unless you tell us. If you really want it, let us know. Um, but for the Rogues edition, we're thinking characters like Bo-Katan, Val, Saint, uh, Staros, Zam Wessel, and more. Yeah. Um, some Patreon stuff. I know you guys get sick of hearing us talk about Patreon, but we're going to keep talking about Patreon. Because there's cool stuff happening on Patreon. And there's even cooler stuff happening if you guys go over there. Um, but more on that in a second. So we've updated our tiers. right. Now. I mean, we only have two tiers, but we've updated the benefits of each tier. Basically, for $5, you get slightly extra stuff. But for the $1, you get almost everything. Um, for $1 a month, you can support our show. And trust us, that $1 will go a long way. Um, it's more than enough and very generous. But uh, you support the show with that $1. You also get, so in exchange for your dollar, you get, on top of what you already get from us at Nerd Herder, a, a 10 Things We Love About series, a once-a-month Patreon-exclusive show, which will be releasing on probably Sunday or Monday uh, this week, where we're talking about 10 things we love about the Phantom Menace. Uh, for dollar a month, you get many episode reviews and discussions of books and comics. So as I mentioned with the Darth Vader comic, where it'll be either be a short, maybe 10-minute uh, podcast, or it'll be a 10-minute video regardless. You'll get about 10 minutes of us talking about books or comics. Um, it may not, we may not do like individual comics because there's a lot of comics, but we might do arcs like we're planning to do with Darth Vader. Yeah. So you get um, that awesome stuff, uh, and at least once a month. Could be more, but we're committing to at least once a month, uh, one gaming stream and one hangout stream. So basically, if you're not a gamer and don't want to come see us uh, fail at Battlefront, that's fine. You can do the the hangout stream, but I guarantee. Uh, with with the gaming stream, even if you're not a gamer, the commentary alone will interest you. Um, we're going to throw the controllers at Megan for Battlefront and see how she does at that. We're planning to also play uh, the Force Unleashed and the Lego Star Wars games. So fun stuff, and we're going to be having fun as we do it. Um, and then, yeah, the Hangout streams will do various things. We've even talked about doing an art one where you guys... We kind of just sit, and I get a drawing pad, and I draw whatever you guys throw at me, um, as long as it's legal and, immo and, and moral. Yes. Um, Illegal and immoral. <laughs> Please! Um, so all of that. So you get a whole nother show from us. You get many shows about books and comics reviews and, and perspectives. You get at least once a month a, a gaming stream, at least once a month a hangout stream, all five of those things. For just a dollar a month. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a deal. Yeah. Uh, and so that's awesome stuff we want to give to you guys. And you have the key to unlock it. It's the dollar sitting in your pocket. That yeah. rhymed. Magic. Um, as I mentioned, the 10 Things We Love About series. Uh, once a month we take a film of Star Wars and discuss it. Eventually we're talking about maybe doing um, an episode about eat each season of the Clone Wars, maybe. 
as we get there, uh, 10 things we love about season one of Clone Wars and blah, blah, blah. But for now, our plan is to do each film. Beginning now, uh, this month, uh, the month of November, by the way, uh, with The Phantom Menace. So um, this weekend we'll be releasing that on Patreon, and it'll be 10 things we love about The Phantom Menace. It's not a full commentary or review. It's basically we just watch them. We sit down, watch the movie, take notes. Megan has five things, I have five things, and that makes ten, and we just run down that list. Yeah. Um, it's, we're, so we're planning to get that out on the 25th and 26th, so if you want access to that, you can go over to Patreon now and start supporting and be ready to receive that awesomeness. Um, our first gaming stream is tentatively scheduled for sometime after the 17th of December, uh, but we need more of you guys for on Patreon for that. Right now, Rebecca is the only one reaping the benefits of our Patreon goodies. So, uh, get on over there and share some of that with her. Yeah. Um, we'll also probably be doing our first Hangout uh, stream for Patreon to announce our Christmas giveaway winner. Christmas giveaway, you say, Megan? I say Christmas giveaway. Christmas giveaway. So, we've kind of thrown around the idea and we want to do it. Uh, we're going to do a Chris... 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 Promise. Mary Chrysler. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a Christmas giveaway for Patreon. Uh, so those of you that join Patreon um, in December uh, will be able to participate in our Patreon Christmas giveaway, which will be held tentatively. We're still working on the plans, but we're planning on December 23rd. Afterwards, we'll be doing a similar event every other month. Uh, by And by joining for $5 a month, you get an extra entry into that giveaway. But if you join for a dollar a month, you are automatically put into the running for the giveaway. Uh, we'll have details on what that giveaway is, but it will involve trivia. So the idea basically is you head to Patreon, you pledge a dollar a month, and then as we get more details planned out, we'll let you know uh, what it'll look like um, as far as uh, how the trivia contest will go and basically... Uh, you'll be ready to be in the running for uh, the giveaway. The idea is whoever can answer the most trivia questions the quickest, uh, the more points you earn, basically, uh, the more uh, name, the more drawings you get of your name in the bucket, uh, which means more chances to win. Um, we will have uh, a few goodies for, you know, um, in the package for you. It's not going to be just a, a one thing. It'll, it'll be a a, a good little appreciation package for you guys. We we need your support for making this show and continuing to do the things that we want to do. And we want to appreciate you for that support. And so, not just for Christmas, but for the whole of it. So, it's not just going to be a Christmas thing. Um, it'll go on after that. Uh, it's our way of saying thank you for being part of the herd. Yeah. Which, you're part of the herd even if you're not on Patreon, but... We still being, love you. being a part of the Patreon herd, I guess. We'll 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 work on some other things for uh, our non-Patreon folks as well uh, down the road. But I mean, we do have a YouTube channel with nothing on it right with now. With nothing on it, um, we're working on it. But definitely, uh, regardless, uh, definitely through Patreon, you'll you'll have access to a way for us to give back to you. Um, so head on over there, check that out. Um, we would greatly appreciate your support. And like I said, Rebecca's over there. She's lonely. 
Um, and so... Go be friends with Rebecca. Go be friends with Rebecca. Go be friends with our child, Rebecca. <laughs> and then we'll have a nice, cool uh, hangout stream later in the month, and, and we'll have fun with that trivia. Yeah. I feel like that was the most, like, heard parent thing we've ever said. Like, go be a friend with Rebecca. Yeah. Um, remember to check out our buddy Ben Knight wherever it is you get your music. He has some great tunes, and we're happy to have him on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, December 12th will be that episode, so look forward to that. Um, and we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and in inclusion... Uh, we also want you guys to send us your ideas for our December 26th episode. Um, that's our kind of Christmassy episode. We haven't had anything planned yet. We haven't been able to settle on ideas. So help us come up with some ideas of what, what to do. What uh, to do for that Christmas uh, podcast episode. Yeah. It's the day after Christmas, but still works. Um, long-winded episode, but hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we have. It's been uh, a good ride um, looking at the women of the galaxy. Uh, And so thank you guys for listening and and sticking through. Whether it took you multiple sittings or one sitting to check this out, we appreciate you giving us your ears for these couple of hours uh, and and for for just listening to our little podcast. We crossed a thousand listens. We're we're over a thousand now. I think we're... Uh, a thousand and some change, but um, a thousand total plays. We average about 25 plays per episode, and that is amazingly more than we ever thought we would get when starting this podcast. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, Thank you guys for your support and encouragement in making this happen. Um, And like I said, you know, we want to continue to do that. So if you're able to Patreon's a great way to help us continue this awesome show and to continue to give you great content and even more content than we're already doing. So, yeah. But that's enough of that. You hear about Patreon every time we do our episode, so uh, you're probably sick of it by now. But we're not sick of you. That's why we keep coming back. And we will be back this Friday with our Clone Wars rewatch. Uh, until then, though, I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. And I have been your herd mom, Megan. And always... Remember to stay scruffy, and may the Force be with you. Bye.